here. Study, that's the word I'm looking for. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And uh, we talked last week about dividing the word. That if you don't divide the word, you're going to have a mess. Uh, and, uh, one, you know, God gave us a big clue. He separated it into two parts. He has the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so, hallelujah, he gave us a big clue. There is a division here. Amen. And so we have to divide the truth. And of course, we can gain things from the Old Testament, but we know that we're the church. That I, if you want to find out about us, you have to look in the New Testament. Specifically, you have to look in the epistles because Jesus ministered to men and women that were not born again. He did not minister to the church. He didn't even really mention the church. The word church you won't find used in the Gospels, although He does make reference in different ways to it. And there's and like the word church is only used like once I think in the Old Testament, maybe it's twice. And it was only it's just used prophetically. The word father is not used in the Old Testament. They did not know God as their father. He was not their father. And they were his servants. That's what he called them. But we are not God's servants. We are his sons. And there's a difference. Amen. And so we have these differences and it's important. And so when you find somebody uh, that's getting all their focus over in the Old Testament, you're going to find somebody totally out of balance and they're going to get you off. They're going to get you wrong. Because our, we're, you find us in... Uh, Beginning in, uh, specifically beginning in 1 Corinthians. Although you see the church in action in the book of Acts. You see the church in action, but do, when you begin to see who we are, you find us in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. And uh, specifically Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Col Colossians are Paul's letter to the churches. And we are the church. Amen? Amen. And so we divide, another way we divide, and we found this in... Uh, let me give you the scripture reference. 1 Corinthians 10.32, we divide the Jews, the church, and the nations. We know that there's scriptures that are written to Jews, there's scriptures that are written to the church, and there's scriptures that are written to the nations. When the Bible talks about nations, it's talking about uh, heathens. That's just our sinners. It's not just talking about, okay, the people that live in Mexico, the people that live in... No, it's talking about, that. It's talking about heathens. It's talking about sinners. It's talking about those that are not born again. Those, those are the nations. Those are the nations. And the Jews is a group of people that uh, God talks to in the Bible. And, you know, if you mix it all up, you're going to be confused and off track. And then another way, and this is what we're studying, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, uh, we see that uh, we divide by spirit, soul, and body. And it's important that we know this. First, and y'all turn to 1 Thessalonians. We'll read that scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. We love the Word. We're basing our whole life on the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I like the next verse. I just have to say it. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. 
And so one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible, I actually pray this scripture over, my, over myself. I say, Father, I thank you that you preserve my whole spirit, my whole soul, and my whole body blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And was, in one version it says that he, when it says preserve, it says uh, intact, that he preserve it intact. And I've made up my mind, I've lost my last body part. They've took out the last thing they're going to take out of me. God's preserving the rest of them intact. Now, they took some before I knew this. Hallelujah. But I've, you just make up your mind. You decide. Amen. It's settled. God's going to preserve the rest of me intact. I'm, hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. And I'm, have, I'm standing for a tooth right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Um, so we have to divide the word of the word of truth. We have to divide it. And the, we have to divide the word. Amen. Let me see where I want to start tonight. Man, it's already warm in here. So let's uh man, I'm hot already. And I hadn't even got started. My face is hot. Hallelujah. Let's stir some stuff in here. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Uh, in um so we find, see in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that we're three parts. We are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. Now you'll often hear people preach, and I've said it myself many times, we're believing for souls to be saved in our revival. But really, if you really look at the Word, souls don't get saved. Spirit, man's, spirit men get saved. We get, our spirit is what gets saved. Our soul is in the process of being saved. Our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions. It's also our conscience, our personality. Our character is in our soul. Hallelujah. The potential for, for good character is in our spirit, but the decision for good character and whether we have good character or not uh, is in our soul. And so we have our soul man, and our soul is in the process of being saved, and your soul will only be as saved as your mind is renewed. And so we come to church, we come and listen to teaching, and because we're all on a quest. This is the quest. You, maybe some of y'all hadn't figured this out yet. Well, what are we doing this for? We are we're not coming because God has a heavenly attendance sheet, and He checks us off. And, he, and you don't get some sort of reward for perfect attendance. But the reason we come to church is I'm on a quest. You are on a quest for a renewed mind. Because the more my mind is renewed, the more I'm going to live in the abundant life. The more grace I'm going to have, the more, the, uh, the more uh, anointing I'm going to be able to walk in, the more revelation that I have, the more, the, the more powerful I'm going to be able to be, the more I'm going to be able to help my family. I'm telling you, ignorance is deadly. My people perish for lack of knowledge, and interest, in, ignorance to the Word of God is deadly. You know, there's an old saying, you all used to hear this, says, uh, what you don't know won't hurt you. But you know what? I found out when I got filled with the Holy Ghost that what I didn't know was killing me. It was killing me. It was making me poor. <laughs> it was about to do me under what I didn't know. And so you, you better find out some things. And so you have to have a renewed mind. And it takes time to renew your mind. We can't just bring you up here at the front of the church and pray over you and get you a renewed mind. A renewed mind comes from studying the Word of God. And so we study in church. We, we look at the Word of God. See, we're not the kind of church uh, that thinks, Oh, praise God, we had a wonderful service today. Pastor didn't even get to preach. And I've heard people say that. 
Oh, we had such a good service, the pastor never even got to preach. Well, now I would agree that some pastors, it would be a better service if they didn't preach. I'll agree with you. I've been in some churches like that. But I tell you what, we're, I, we don't believe that. We believe the Word is foremost and above everything. The Bible says, God said, I have exalted my Word even above my name. Amen. It's the most important thing. If we don't get to anything else, we ought to get to the Word of God. And that's what's going to sustain you uh, 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 through whatever happens between Tuesday night and Sunday morning. That's what's going to pull you through. It's the words you have hidden in your heart that's going to sustain you, that's going to pull you through. Amen? <clears throat> Glory to God. So we're three parts. We're spirit, soul, and body. Um, and... Um, Hallelujah. Our body is just a tent. It's a covering. It's a shell. It possesses our five senses and our senses teach our brain. The brain cannot function without the senses. The brain is dependent on the senses. Um, um, the spirit man that is not born again... Da -da 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 -da. This is the man who is not born again. He's three parts, spirit, soul, body. Hallelujah. And he that's what he looks like. If you could see... Uh, a heathen man, this is exactly what he would look like. Now this is his spirit, and his spirit, this means um, that um, he's dead spiritually. He's dead on the inside. Uh, his soul is, uh, there's no light in his soul. He's got problems, I mean depressed, every problem you can think of that has to do with emotional, mental, problems, that man is subject to it. And if he doesn't have it now, he will soon. And uh, the body is constantly being attacked by the curse. Totally subject to the curse. And so that's why the spirit man looks that way. Uh, this, the spirit man that is not born again is in harmony with Satan. Here's what Satan looks like. Oh wait, I better put God up. Hallelujah. Here's God. Light. Total light, total life, total goodness. Uh, God is good. God is light. God is life. God is love. Total love, complete. And then here's the devil. He's, he's, we have a, see, big God, little devil. And he's a wimp. He's, see how limp he is? He's a wimp. Hallelujah. And he's under our feet. Well, we'll put him there. Hallelujah. He's under our feet. We'll get a born-again man up there in a minute. Hallelujah. So, But the, born, the man that's not born again is in harmony with Satan. He does not object to sin. See, sometimes we people are just scratching their head thinking, I don't understand how these people can do these bad things. Turn on the news tonight and there's going to be a whole bunch of bad things that somebody did in Birmingham. You know, hallelujah. They did a bunch of bad things today, I can tell you. A whole bunch. And you know, you, if you don't know this, you'll scratch your head and say, how could people do that? How could people hurt other people? How could they do that to little children? How could they do that to the... How could they beat up an elderly woman? How could somebody go rape an elderly woman? Because you know, we just... That is like beyond our comprehension if we don't understand that the, the man that is not born again does not object to sin. Doesn't really think anything about it. See, we think they ought to feel guilty for it, but they don't. And um, the Bible says in John 8, 44, that this man, that his father is the devil. Jesus said to them, Ye are of your father the devil. 
They were not born again. They were fallen men. Adam didn't look like, you know, this is Adam looked like this before his fall. This is what Adam, and then he fell and he became, he, he became this. Um, and so um, <clears throat> they don't object to sin. In Acts 23, 1, I'm reviewing, so that's why we're not going there. Uh, Paul told Agrippa, he said, I lived in all good conscience. And we know Paul murdered believers. The Bible, I was reading just a while ago in Acts chapter 8 how he literally dragged them believers to prison. He dragged them off. He said, I lived in all good conscience. Didn't bother me a bit. Didn't bother him. Now it bothered him after he got born again. I mean, he, I'm sure he felt, oh my God, I did that. But when he was a sinner, it didn't bother him. He lived in all good conscience. Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26, let's turn there. We didn't look at this verse last week. <clears throat> now, when you're re after you know this revelation of spirit, soul, and body, when you're reading the Bible, you'll constantly see it. You'll see God, you'll see it. And we'll look at a lot of verses tonight and you'll go, Wow, I never thought of it like that. 2 Timothy 2, 26. It says, And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. See, you don't realize that, but this sinner man right here, this sinner man right here is taken captive by Satan at his will. You know the only reason all sinners aren't doing bad things is just because the devil can't be everywhere at once and he's not omnipresent. But he just takes them captive at his will. All he has to do is come along and start whispering, go kill somebody, go kill somebody, go kill somebody. And they are taken captive by him at his will and they go kill somebody. That's what the Bible says. They're in a snare. They're in a snare. They're in a snare. And there's not one blessed thing we can, listen, we can medicate them. We can send them to psychiatrists. We can send them to psychologists. But there ain't, nobody can fix this man. The only person that can fix this man is Jesus Christ. And because ye have the, Paul, uh, Jesus told Nicodemus, ye must be born again. And until you're born again, you're not going to fix your problem. You may can take a pill and it might, so, you know, we can medicate them enough till, till they, you know, we can keep them um, uh, from murdering somebody because we got them on enough tranquilizers. Do you know what I'm saying? Am I speaking the truth? We can medicate them and do things. We can put them in straight jackets. We can lock them up. Hallelujah. But we cannot do anything. We can't help them. You know, they're not reformed in prison. They come right back out. They do just what they were doing. And the only thing that's going to reform them is to be born again. Amen. Hallelujah. And thank heavens there's revival going on in prisons. Hallelujah. I personally think some people need to go there. I really do. I think there's some people that the best thing that could ever happen to them is God to send them to prison so that they were locked up and He might could get their attention there, you know, and get them saved. And so, hallelujah, I've, I've had some people I wanted to go there. Before. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, catch them, Lord, catch them, you know. <laughs> uh, the lost man's spirit is Satan rule. The Bible names for this lost man, this lost spirit, is uh, the old man. The born-again man, this is a born-again man, born-again, born-again. Where are you, Mr.? Well, this can be, hey, we'll just call him born-again. Born-again, he can be Jesus, he can be born-again. 
Uh, he can be Adam. We, he can be all three. So we either one. Adam before the fall. But that's the born-again man. And that born-again man is called the new man. Amen. Uh, the first Peter three, four calls the new man, the hidden man of the heart. He, this is, this is the new man. This is the part that becomes new is the hidden man of the heart. Now, uh, when we first get born again, let me see if I can find it. Yeah. When we first get born again, we look more like this because we're new on the inside, but nothing's changed on the outside. See, we don't have a renewed mind yet. And our body is not being affected by that Zoe life of God yet because it hadn't had time to be. But eventually, very quickly, it'll start to be affected. So that's why sometimes you'll have born again people. They'll get born again and they don't even know. They hadn't even had time for the Holy Ghost to begin to show them their sin yet and for their desires to begin to change. And some people it begins to change really quickly. Some people, when they get saved, they're delivered instantly from drugs, alcohol, cigarettes. They're delivered instantly. Some people aren't delivered instantly. And some people, it's a process that, that the, the Zoe life, the life of God that's in them, has to begin to work to the outside. And it begins to work to the outside. And this is our goal. This is what we ought to look like. But you've got to have a renewed mind to look like this. And, and, and your, the healing in your body has got to go through your soul. So if your soul is all messed up and you're still depressed, you're a Christian, but you're depressed, you're, you know, you're just messed up in your mind, you're not going to have very good success at being healthy and well. The Bible says in 3 John 2, Beloved, I desire above all things that you might prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So we know that even though the soul is not the born again part, the soul is a very important part in order for us to prosper and in order for us to be in health. Amen? Amen. And so this is what we first look like when we first get born again. I remember the story of Sandy Brown. She's an evangelist. Anybody ever heard of Sandy Brown? Anyway, Sandy Brown got born again, and when she did, she was the, before she got born again, she was a Playboy bunny in Las Vegas. And uh, she got born again, and it, she didn't have any revelation yet that what she was doing was wrong. And so she would still go to her job as a Playboy bunny in her Playboy uh, bunny um, outfit. And on her breaks and on her lunch hour, she would go down and, in, and she would go down on the street in her Playboy bunny outfit and witness and preach. And she would preach. And you know, it, it, this went on for a while, but eventually she began to you know, as that Zoe life begins to come out in our soul, she began to have conviction. I don't have any clothes on. <laughs> you know, I, I'll put something on here before I go preach. But see, and so a lot of times we, we look at that man, though, sometimes and we go, well, look at them. They're still smoking. They didn't get born again. Well, they did too. Sure they did. Or they're still, look at them. I, they got born again. And that night I saw them drinking a Coors. Well, yeah, and they may be drinking one a year from now. And you need to leave that part up to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are supposed to be getting the beam out of our own eye, aren't we? Amen. Hallelujah. So the word in 1 Peter 3, 4 there where it says the hidden man of the heart, that word heart means middle or core. The hidden man that's in the middle. And see, we don't see the real you. We don't see the real you. We're just seeing the shell. Amen. And we also are seeing your soul sometimes. We see we don't see the soul, but we see the fruit of the soul. If we see you have a little temper fit, you know, we're seeing the soul, aren't we? We can see the soul act up. 
If y'all see me up here and I start crying, you'll know it's my soul. Amen. And so uh, we can see the soul in action. The spirit is the real man and the body is the home of the real man. And the real man, though, this is the new creation. This is the new creation. I'm telling you what, it's God's greatest glory. It is the, it's the greatest thing God ever did. It's the biggest miracle. It shouldn't be any problem. It's no problem to believe for a miracle because you've already believed for the biggest one. That is God's biggest miracle right there already. Amen. Acts 7.59, look there. Every time I'm reading the Bible, I find scriptures... I've been reading in the book of Acts lately, and uh, I find scriptures that just point this out. In, uh, in Acts 7, verse 59, you know, Stephen had been preaching, and it says in 59, And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. See, they knew spirit, soul, and body. He said, Jesus, receive my spirit. He was coming home, wasn't he? Hallelujah. And I personally believe that... Uh, um, he slipped away. They didn't kill him. Right there, when he said, Jesus, receive my spirit, he left, he went, and then they were just, they were just messing with his old tent. Hallelujah. And that's, we, you know, we, somebody said, you know, we don't have to die sick. And somebody said, well, how are you going to die if you don't get sick? Well, we, we're supposed to die by departure. We're supposed to just depart. You know, in the Old Testament it said, uh, was, I think it was Jacob, or maybe it was Abraham, I don't know, it was one of those guys, said he just pulled his legs up in the bed with him and, said, and gave up the ghost. Amen. We're just supposed to depart. And there's been lots of people did it that way. Lots of people just said, you know, I've heard of old grandmas that said, you know, I'm, li I'm going home to be with Jesus at 10 o'clock this morning. And they all, all the family, ha, 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 ha. She, you know, but she just went and sat on the porch. And at 10 o'clock that morning, she just departed. Amen. Amen. We don't die sick. We're not supposed to die sick. If we do, we just didn't understand. We just didn't grasp it all. We just didn't have a renewed mind. We just didn't renew our mind in that, in that dimension. No condemnation. Still got to heaven. Hallelujah. Got there fast. Amen. Ezekiel 36. But a lot of people get their life cut short and don't fulfill the, the all they could have done for God on earth. Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel. Spirit, soul, and body. Ezekiel 36, 27. And this is prophecy. Well, let's actually, let's start in verse 26. Ezekiel 36, 26. And um, this is prophecy. Ezekiel prophesying a sign about something he didn't really know or understand. He said, a new heart, he's saying, this is what God's saying, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within your, you, and I will take away the stony heart that is that of, out of your flesh, and I will give you a, a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Um, and so he's prophesying there about the time that's going to come when uh, men won't be like this anymore. Now we saw last week an Old Testament saint because we know in the Old Testament that there were many men like Daniel, David, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob who loved God, who served God. But they still looked like this. Their inner man, their spirit man, was dead to God. Their soul, 
they had some light because they studied the scriptures. They studied the books of Moses and they studied the scriptures and they had some light. And God would talk to them. And he always had to talk to them with the audible voice. And see, we get mixed up about that and we're always going around wanting God to speak to us with an audible voice, but he don't need to anymore because we're like this. We're alive unto God. Yes, we are. We, he can speak to our spirit, which is how he wants it to be. And if you hear an audible voice, that's just because you aren't listening the other way and he's, got it, and he's like, i got to wake this person up. And so a few times people have heard audible voices, but if you try to hear audible voices, it'll mess you up. You'll, you'll hear a devil, you know, and you especially, oh, God, speak to me audibly. Well, that's immature. He wants to speak to you here. But anyway, he couldn't speak to these men this way. He had to speak audibly because they couldn't hear him in their heart. And, and, and so their soul had a little bit of light in it. And their bodies, they walked in some health because they, oh, they, he told them, if you will obey my commandments, if you will keep my statutes, I will permit none of the diseases upon thee which I have permitted upon the Egyptians. And so they had some, they had some life in their bodies. And they, they lived long, uh, and they, uh, and, but they looked like that. And, and they couldn't be, uh, they couldn't, they couldn't be fixed. They're fixed now. Because that's what Jesus did when, during the three, one of the things He did while He was in the bowels of the earth three days after He was crucified. One of the things He did was He went down and, uh, uh, and though they received Him Hallelujah. as Lord and they became born again. And they're walking the streets of heaven. But they couldn't even go to heaven. He kept them in a special holding place until the Messiah came. They went to what we call purgatory. You think purgatory is hell, but purgatory is not hell. Hell is hell. <laughs> purgatory was the holding place for the Old Testament saints, right? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's called paradise. Okay. Okay. Um, so, but, but uh, uh, Isaiah prophesied, I mean, Ezekiel prophesied here. And he used the word heart, and that word heart there means your core or your center. I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new core. I'm going to give you a new center. Hallelujah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a new spirit. He said, I'm going to breathe. And then he's talking about the breath, the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to show you the Old Testament saint here. You know, the Old Testament saint, the anointing of God, like uh, we know uh, to preach, to prophesy, etc. cetera. Uh, even Samuel, um, Samuel does to prophesy. Who am I trying to think of? The guy, huh? Samson, yeah, I knew it was an S. Samson, to the strength that came on him, they were never, uh, they, when the anointing came on them, it was like a mantle. It was just on the outside. The anointing of God would come on their outside and would anoint them. And, uh, but they were never, we're not anointed like that. We can be. We can be having anointing. Uh, uh, we can be anointed both ways, but we're already anointed. We don't even need to pray. Oh, God, anoint me to preach today. We don't need to pray that. We're anointed. The Bible says, 1 John, I, you have an anointing or an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. That's what 1 John says. You have an anointing. You've already got an anointing on the inside of you. Everything you're called and destined to do is already on the inside of you, and you're already anointed to do it. Hallelujah. And you don't have, you don't have to feel anything. You don't have to feel anointed. Now, sometimes you will. Sometimes that anointing will get out on the outside of you too. And you may begin to shake or, or uh, I don't know, fall. Do all sorts of things. 
Your body, your body really can't stand up under much anointing, I can tell you, on the outside. Just He can only give us a little touch because your, your body can't take it. Uh, his power. I mean, if the, if the full power of God came in, in this room right now, there, we'd all be in heaven because the body couldn't hold up under it. So He comes in little spurts and, there's a, and, and, and He anoints us. But we don't even need to think about that. He'll do that as He wills. We're already anointed. we got the anointing on the inside of us. we got the greater one in us. All we, we just need to go ye therefore and do the works of God, begin to act boldly and do, you know. You know, Peter and John, they didn't check and say, well, I wonder if I'm anointed today. No, they said, uh, such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And so you're anointed already to do what God's called you to do. And I'm anointed and you're anointed. we got the anointing on the inside of us. And you know what? First John says you, you have an anointing or an unction from the Holy One. You know all things. See, when you say, well, I don't know what I'm called to do. That's your head talking. And you need to tell your head to shut up. Because you'll have what you say. And so you'll be walking around all your life, I don't know, I don't know. You'll be 30 years from now, I don't know what I'm called to do. Because you're saying it. And you need to start saying, I do know. I know what to do. It's on the inside of me. I have an unction from the Holy One. I know all things. And I, I know what to do. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm receiving it. <laughs> my, and my head's receiving it. I'm figuring, and my head's figuring, my head's it's catching up to my spirit. Your spirit already knows the answer to every situation you've got. You've got a question tonight, the answer's already in you. Am I supposed to go to college? The answer's in you. Am I supposed to get married? The answer's in you. Amen? Come on. It's already there. It's already there. The wisdom to prosper your family, the wisdom, the, the, all of it's already inside of you. But you have to get it from here to here. You've got to, it's your responsibility to get it from there to there. We do it by speaking in tongues. We pray in, as we pray in the Spirit, as we pray in tongues, the things that are in here begin to be stirred up and they begin to come up to the mind. Sometimes not, a, not exactly while we're speaking in tongues, but you spend an hour speaking in tongues and sometime during the day something will come to you. It'll start coming to you. As we worship God, we're stirring our spirit man up. You know, as we speak the Word and confess the Word. So there's ways that we can be stirred up um, and uh, get what's on the inside of us up to the door. Oh, it's so important that we do that. If you've already got the total victory on the inside. You've already got the total healing on the inside. You're com it's already done. The work, Jesus said it's finished. It's done. It's, it's completed, okay? The sinner man, the old man. Where's he at? We got lost him. This man right here. The sinner man. Oh, that's, that's not. That's the, that's the unrenewed mind. Hallelujah. The sinner man. Talk about him for a minute. The old man cannot approach God. This man cannot approach God. He cannot approach Him. Hallelujah. He cannot approach God. He does not know God as Father. He could only come to God, in the Old Testament, He could only come to God under the atoning blood of bulls and goats. Uh, the new man can stand in the presence of God as though sin had never been. That's what you're supposed... You, you aren't supposed to be whining, Oh God, you're supposed to be coming boldly to the throne of grace. Hallelujah. You're supposed to be walking right up to God. Amen? 
Amen. Uh, can I, uh, the, the new man can stand in the presence of God as though sin had never been. Romans 8, 1. You want to turn there? We're going to look at quite a lot of Scripture tonight to see how far we go. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We're not walking after the flesh. We have a, our spirit man is born again. We're born again. We're new creations. And we, there's no condemnation for you. I don't care if you did mess up today. There's no condemnation to you. You may have lied today. There's no condemnation to you. I know that's hard for, to receive. I mean, uh, you may have said a really bad cuss word today. And there's no condemnation to you. Why is that that God's not condemning us for our sin uh, when we're born again? The reason is, is because Jesus took care of your sin past, present, and future. When you received Him as Savior, that was in the package. When you said, I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe that He is the Son of God and that God has raised Him from the dead and that He died for my sins. When you received Him, He forgave all your sin past, all your sin present, and all your sin future. You're totally forgiven already. And there's no condemnation for you. Now that is too good to be true news, but it's the truth. It is too good to be true. And that's not what you hear most people. Most churches you hear God's mad at you. You can tell that's what you hear because they put mad at you signs out in front of their church. You can tell they're mad at sinners. They think God is mad at sinners. I saw one today. It was the most pitiful thing. I think somebody else already saw it. They're shaking their head. But it said, uh, most people would do right if they thought it was wrong. I thought, how warped can you get? That's warped. You have, that, is, that is supernatural. What they're saying is that people just naturally want to do wrong so much that they would, they would only do right if they thought it was wrong. And I'm like, you know, the sinner doesn't want to do wrong. But the sinner can't help himself. And we like, we, you know, sometimes we're like, you know, we get mad at sinners for sinning, but they can't help themselves. And they're good at it. They are professional at what they do. The only, you know what? They're better sinners than we are Christians. And not because, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about us messing up. I'm talking about us not knowing who we are and walking in that no condemnation. See, if you didn't think you were condemned, you would be bold. You'd be out there doing everything God already called you to do. But we've spent half our, I've spent, I've spent half my born again years being condemned. I don't know about you. I've been saved since I was 10. And so that's, I've been saved 30 years this year. 30 years last month. Hallelujah. Y'all can add that together if y'all want to. Hey, amen. Huh? Yeah, I've been saved 40. Ooh, that was good. I was getting a, boy, I tell you. I can't, I'm the one that came. I've been saved 40 years. 40 years last month. Woo. Boy, I was, I was, I was going to be young there for a while. Mm. Hallelujah. Uh, okay. Um, God, Christianity. Well, let's look at Romans 8.33 first. Romans 8.33, since you're right there. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. You know, oh, it's just, you know, it's, it is. It's just too good to be true. That God's not mad at us. He's not thinking about our sin. He, see, he, he knows He already took care of it. 
He doesn't want us to be thinking about our sin. He wants to, you know, hey, just, Lord, I'm sorry, and go on. I missed it, I blew it, I'm sorry, and go on. And that's, you know, just, he just, amen. So if he didn't forgive future sin, we're none of us got anything. But he did. And he not only forgave us, we're recreated. I just want to put that in too. Christianity is God dealing with the spirit of man. He's not thinking a lot about our souls and bodies. He's dealing with the spirit of man. Spiritual development begins immediately after we're born again. We talked about that. This is how we look when we first get born again. And, uh, but immediately, when we first get born again, spiritual development begins. Uh, and we begin to walk in love. We live the love life. That's the first step. That's the first thing you need to do when you get born again is begin to walk in love. The Bible says uh, that we're created in the image of God. God is love. We are a creation of love. We are love creatures. You, you have the love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. In here is all nine gifts, nine, all nine gifts of the Spirit, but all nine fruit of the Spirit is in this man right here. You, are, you don't have to worry about love. you got it in you. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith. It's already in there. you got it all. And all you see, you just hadn't known it was there. And so you, you can love anybody. You can love the mass murderer. You can love a, the sinner. You can love the man. Uh, you, might, you, you can love a man and still not be happy, but you can love the man that threw beer cans and, or firecrackers would be a better... In your yard last night, kept you up all night. Hey, you can love that man. Amen. The love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. You're the only, this man cannot love. He cannot love. The best he can do is have, you know, there's three words for love in the Greek, eros, uh, phileo. Is that right? Phileo, which is brotherly love. And... Uh, Agape. This is the only man that has any agape or unconditional love. Can love you, but not, not based on your performance. Amen? Is that how it works? you all believe that? So we begin to walk in love. We live the love life. We practice the Word. See, as we begin to do these things, we begin to develop spiritually. We practice the Word. We hear the Word taught, and we by an act of our will, go out and do it. We do, we're doers of the Word. You know, we've been trained in churches just to sit and listen to sermons and not do nothing about it. And that's not, that was never God's plan. What we hear, you need to go out and put into practice tonight, the things that you hear. You can practice walking in love. You can practice it, just like you practice the piano. You can practice walking in love. You can practice doing the Word. Being a doer of the Word. Uh, immediately when you're born again, you need to learn to practice hearing from God. You practice it. You, you pray in, yeah, when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. You can pray in tongues a minute. And then you listen. You, listen, you don't listen here. You listen down here. You look down here. When you have a decision to make, you practice. You look, I, I practice red lights, green lights. I play red light, green light in my spirit. I say, Lord, am I supposed to go to the mall today? And I look in my heart. Do I have a green light or do I have a red light? And I'm not, I don't necessarily see color. 
I, I mean, I might, sometimes when I feel like a, I have a red light, what I really feel is kind of like, uh, uh, down in here. Mm. Or like Brother Hagin used to say, I feel something scratching down there. But when I have a red light or a go, I have, a, I have just a, ooh, you know, and I practice that. I practice. I'm, every time I hear somebody's pregnant, I, pra I, I practice. Okay, God, is it a boy or girl? Now, I don't tell them this, but I, if I hear somebody's pregnant, I always ask my heart. My heart already knows. My spirit knows. And I'll go, okay, is it a boy or a girl? And I'll listen to what the Holy Spirit says. I'll tell you this. If it's some like my daughter-in-law, Chris, I couldn't hear because my soul was too involved. I just couldn't do it. I just, you know, I could have maybe if I was more mature, but I couldn't hear. My soul was involved. See, I already knew what I wanted it to be. And so, and that's the way you sometimes, you have to, we have to be careful. We can say, oh yeah, I think God's telling me to marry this guy. Because see, that's what your soul wants. You're not really listening, you know? And that's why you better listen to counsel when you're, when you're in situations where your soul is real involved in something. But see, if you get pregnant, my soul's not real involved in that. And so I, I listen and I'll hear the Holy Spirit tell me what it is. I couldn't do it. See, I thought Eric was a girl. And then the, I was, I was uh, arguing with him in the recovery room. I was arguing with him. I was saying, are you sure it's a boy? They'd say, yes, honey, and he's just fine. I'd say, are, and then they'd walk back by and say, are you sure it's a boy? And it's like, yes, honey, and he's real pretty. And, I'd say, and then they'd walk back, are you sure? <laughs> you know, See, because I had it all figured out in my head, and this was when I was pretty young in the Lord. I didn't even know to listen then. But see, you practice. I heard a story, I'll tell you all this, about some people wanting to develop that hearing. See, you've got to practice hearing God. And uh, they wanted to develop that, and so they. Uh, this was a pastor. He had this guy pastors in Colorado now, but um, he, so they decided they would do something. They would take turns, and one of them would go hide somewhere in the town, and then the other one would pray until they heard, and they would find. They would play hide and seek, listening to their spirit. And they said at first it was so hard. And they would, like after four or five hours, they would just get frustrated and go get in the car and just start driving all over the town and trying to find them. But they said after four or five months, it got too easy that they had to get out of the town and go start hiding in the country in places because they got where they would hear the Holy Spirit so easily say, go down this street, turn left, turn right, park here, look up in that tree. And they, it got easy for them. See, it can get easy for you to hear God, but you have to practice. And you can find ways to practice. Amen? And I see, and I, see I hear my heart tell me things a lot of times, and then, you know, I, and sometimes I don't, I don't uh, flow with that, and then I'm just going, oh, the Holy Spirit was telling me the whole time, you know, like somebody's not going to show up, and you know you kind of already know it. And you think about it, and you go, ah, oh, nah, but surely they will. And then they don't, and you go, the Holy Spirit was showing me they weren't going to show up. And so you learn to listen to your spirit and trust your spirit. And when your spirit's saying, bad person, bad person, not good, not good, you better listen, because I, I know for sure I've been burned not listening to the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost got me up one night and said, 
and told me, gave me scripture, and I argued with him and said, oh, no, they're not that kind of person. They were that kind of person. God knows. He knows. And so we have to, and we, it is so important we listen to our spirit. It is so important when you, if you, and you don't have to know why. If you hear turn left, turn. If you hear pull off to the side of the road, pull off. I know I heard a story about someone and they were on a two-lane road up in some mountainous, like, you know, where you go up the mountain. And they heard the, they heard the Holy Spirit on the inside say, pull in the other lane. They were driving in their lane and the Holy Spirit said, pull in the other lane. And, you know, uh, they did it. They, at first they ignored Him and the Holy Spirit spoke stronger. Pull in the other lane. They pulled in the other lane. Come around the bend in a truck in their lane. We need to learn to follow the Holy Spirit. That's how, how much protection you have will depend on how much you obey and follow the Holy Spirit. If you go beyond what the Holy Spirit's saying. Amen. Hallelujah. We're just not getting too far in this. Um, so we fellowship with the Father. Spiritual development we're talking about. We get brighter and brighter, partaking of more and more life. We, if, we have, if we start out under this kind of teaching... And, and we will progress quickly. But if we get saved and then we're brought under a teacher who teaches Old Testament principles, majors on sin, always after you about sin, um, always giving you the... Sometimes this is implied, maybe not said, that God is not pleased with you. Then your, your development's going to be stunted. If uh, uh, so a preacher that condemns the saints in order to get them to conform or to do what they want them to do. Condemnation. And you say, well, you know, and the Bible talks about in Corinthians the ministry of condemnation. And it says the ministry of condemnation has a little glory. There is a little glory. You can build some pretty decent churches by condemning, you know, and, and, and coming against. And, you know, if you don't, and God's going to get you. And, and, uh, uh, but there's a higher thing. Uh, and you will not develop spiritually if you are under that. Um, anybody that never teaches about the new life, in other words, doesn't teach you, just teaches you that you're a forgiven sinner, that you're, you're a forgiven sinner, doesn't teach you that you're a new creation, that you are, a, that you are full of the Zoe life of God. But the people, like, people that are under that stay babies all their life. They just don't ever develop spiritually. They stay babies. And many of them are dried up, defeated, sour Christians. Y'all ever see any sour Christians? Those are Christians that have been taught uh, that kind of stuff all their life. And you know what? They, a lot of them, when you try to tell them the good news, they don't like it. They want to believe that God's mad. They want to believe that God is... Uh, uh, mad at their sin and that they are just old sinners. They want to believe it. They'll get mad at you. Uh, they get mad at you for saying. They, you won't you can get a religious devil mad. Just say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, dear God, they'll get mad. They'll get mad at you just like they got mad at Stephen and they'll gnash at you with their teeth. And you, that's when the, the nations are gnashing with their teeth literally at President Bush right now. They cannot stand it that he is a Christian. They are, they are just faunching. The, and, and the heathen in America is just... They hate him passionately. They are inspired by the devil to hate him. 
And, you know, we need to pray for him to be strong. I, I was just noticing him getting off that plane in Ireland the other day, and they hated him so desperately over there. And it's hard to go visit countries where you're hated like that. We need to be pray for him to be strengthened. I mean, all of us have a soul, and we just all really would like, rather be liked. And yet he has to go visit these nations where they're demonstrating in the streets and 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 carrying signs and hollering ugly, nasty things. And, and then, of course, some of Americans are doing the same thing. Hallelujah. And that's wrong. Even if they, let me tell you, even if they don't agree with him, we honor the office even if we don't like the man. We always honor that office of president. And you do that, you honor the office when you can't honor the man. Now, I believe he's an honorable man. We can honor him too. But even when we can't honor the president, we honor the office. We talked about that some Sunday. With our body, we contact physical things. With our soul, we contact the mental and emotional things. And with our spirit, we contact spiritual things. And it's with our spirit that we get control of our soul. If we're just out there with depression or, or a real emotional person, uh, very get our feelings hurt real easy, that's your soul, and you need to get a hold of that. That's weakness. And I'm not condemning you for it, but you can change that with your spirit man. You can get where you're not easily offended, not easily hurt. And you know, sometimes people don't know why others don't want to be around them. Or why uh, God, you know, here's, here's a little problem we have uh, as born-again people. As born-again, uh, I see singles sometimes, and I'm not picking on anybody, but they're praying for a mate. Well, sometimes God can't send to the perfect man or the perfect woman if He's not going to give them, He's not going to saddle them with something. So we need to clear some things up. Amen. And we've all had to change. I've changed so much uh, in the years. And I, could, I, I believe I could have changed more. I could have moved faster. You can move as fast as you want to. Hallelujah. And the faster you move, the quicker you get all the blessings you're wanting. Amen. And so let's, let's, let's make the changes. Let's live out of our spirit, man. Let's learn to get control. You can deal with anger. If you've got anger, that's in your soul. Amen. If you're a negative person, that's in your soul. That's in your personality sometimes. And uh, you can deal with that. You know, I know I've known people that don't matter what you say to them, their first reaction is negative. That's in the soul, and that's not how we're supposed to be. Amen. Uh, you know, there's just thousands of things we could say about the soul, the personality, that can all be changed by the spirit man. As we, we choose, we choose to act on the Word. And it takes practice. I know I heard Joyce Meyer say, and I'll end with this, but you know, she was, uh, her mouth was always getting in her in trouble. And that's the soul, you know. And she, I've heard her say to keep from her mouth getting her in trouble and her saying something to her husband she shouldn't say, that she, at, when she until she was getting control of this, she would run to the bathroom and stuff a wash rag in her mouth and just stay in there until, you know, until your emotions subside. Amen. One thing that helps is accountability. The Bible says confess your faults one to another. You know, it's always good to uh, confess and let somebody else know. And I'll tell you another thing. 
that breaks you is repenting. I know I have, you know, it, I got to break you a line. You know, one time in Seminole, I remember a church member asked me something, and it was something trivial. It was not even, and I lied to him. And uh, the Holy Spirit dealt with me. And you don't lie once you have to call a church member up on the phone and tell them you lied. I mean, you, so, when, so if you want to break yourself of something, start making yourself be accountable for it. I, I wanted to break that. I wanted, and it hadn't happened since. My mom, she, she, I was a little thief. I wasn't born again. I was about in the first grade or something, and we went to the grocery store. And talk about, you know, how the sinner has no objection to sin. And it didn't bother me a bit to take a plum from the grocery store. I took me a plum and uh, from the grocery store. And then we got to my grandmother's house, and, and, uh, and I was eating that plum, and my mama saw me eating that plum. And she knew that I had stolen that plum. She sent me into the grocery store. But see, I was, I was, I was, I was a little sinner. I can tell you, because you know what I did when I got in there? I lied. To the, she didn't go in with me. That was a mistake she made. She should have gone with me. And I lied. But you know what? It was still traumatic enough. It broke this little sinner. And I never have stolen one other thing, and I, have, I do not lie. I may tell you, I'd rather not talk about it, but I'm not going to lie to you because God holds me accountable. It's very important that our words be right. And you need to hold yourself accountable. You need to you confess to other people. If you've got a problem, you can get rid of that. You can get rid of it. You can pray in the Holy Ghost and get stronger. That'll help you. Amen. Amen. And we can, we, can, we can defeat this soul. You can get cured of depression, and you don't have to do it with whatever, some pill. Depression is, some, is a choice. Now, sometimes it's caused by, you know, uh, chemicals and stuff, but a lot of times it's just a choice. See, we have feelings hitting us all the time where we are tempted to feel depressed, but as you get born again, you don't have to take that anymore. So you, just, you, have, you can refuse those feelings of depression. You know, the Bible says for us to choose life. We all have thoughts of choosing something else. I think I'll just watch this show or I'll just do that. Well, I'm going to choose life, aren't you? Amen. Let's stand up together. Hallelujah. Well, at this rate, it may take us till...